Hey. Oh, okay. Hey, it's, it's working. Okay, I tried my I tried my computer, so I think it's working now. Well, oh, so you're actually just uh, just talking around your on your laptop. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, let me see. Are you receiving me? Uh, yeah, I'm receiving you, and you know, as, get, as I'm getting older, okay, so I'm just a. Are you younger or are you older than me? So you you just turned what? 33. No? Wait, are you there? What happened? Is it not working now? Hello? Whoa. This shit ain't working? Oh, it's... Yeah, it's not working. Oh, see so now... Oh, what, what happened there? It just like, it just like, it just went out for a minute? Or... What the F? Victor, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, you can hear me. You're a little quiet, but I can hear you, yeah. Okay, okay, shit. So I guess if I'm talking like this, can you hear me a little bit better like, like this? It seems to, it seems to be, let me see. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, good. Wow, fuck, I was scared. Just let, let let me know, like, because I mean, we can just consider this like a test as well. So, like, this if this isn't like the greatest thing in the world, and none of my podcasts have been the greatest thing in the world except for the ones I really like. But I like them all the same. <laughs> in other words, uh, we'll use this no matter what, and uh, uh, damn the torpedoes, they say. I guess. <laughs> so fuck it, fuck it, as they say. Also, I, is there is there like, should we not use swear words? Is there anything that like we shouldn't say or not say? Oh, uh, no, it's fine. I got my headphones in, so we can say what we want. I do have a five-year-old running around, but she can't hear anything. Hey, uh, congratulations on being a dad. I'm a little five years late, but congratulations on... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. On doing the stuff, you know? On make, <laughs> you know what I mean? On <laughs> going on the dates and, you know, developing the relationship and, and falling in love. It happened. Yeah, it's the mystery of life. Yeah, man. So, uh, comics. What do you think about them? Internet. What do you think about it? Well, uh, let's talk about your process, Victor, a little bit because I'm always very impressed by just the um, the energy in your work. And I think um, you know, it, you kind of seem to have two styles where some of it is more kind of chaotic and very energetic, a lot of lines, and and some of your more recent work I've seen seems a little bit more focused. Or a little bit more, um, uh, less in, like, uh, how can I put this? You know, I think when we first met, um, your stuff would seem very sketchy and crazy, and there's so much going on. And then you, you've kind of honed it back a little bit and, and added a lot more color. And um, I don't know. So talk about talk about that. I'm I'm interested to hear about about your process a little bit. Well, my process would be, yeah, I definitely know that I have different modes, and I'm trying to do different things. Uh, fuck, man. I mean, there is something special about, I mean, for years, for many, 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 many years, I think probably from when I was coming up, I was working with a, a type of a clear line method, like the, like the European, or like I'm thinking like a Juice Swartz, or, 
or you know, like even Jeff Darrow, or you know, just the fine, like the repeatograph, the repeatograph, even weighted line, and then you use a different line variance to achieve different effects. And I really, I really wanted to keep it clean and everything very precise, and I wanted everything to look in a certain way. But then a lot of that was just me not willing to experiment with like light values, with color, shadows, you know, all the all these different things that, you, you know, you, you get into a comfortable spot with your work that you excel at. And then like you and and then you don't and then you don't I think then you, you avoid drawing other things because you want, you know, because you want to just uh, I just want to do the thing that I'm really good at. I want to. That you know, you just want, and then again, like you just want to draw the things you want to draw. Yeah. And I, and through the years, I have to fight that because I get in those in those uh, those comfortability uh, spells where like, oh, this is where this is where my uh, interests are. This is what my my attention is at in my mind and the things that I'm thinking about. But then all then all these other things, I uh, they they just they weaken the abilities to do other things. And so yeah, if you, uh, in other words. Yeah, there's different there's there's different styles, different modes, and and every project kind of requires a different a different thing. Yeah, some some things need to be simple or simpler, or they you know if I have a commission, they say, can we actually we want to be able to read what's going on. So then, <laughs> so then I have to rein myself in because otherwise, like if I don't if I don't control myself, then yeah, I I will fucking sketch all over the place and da 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 da, da and, and just fucking uh, it'll be mania. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, there's, I mean, and I've had this fucking desire or this, this idea that maybe I could just cartoon and that I, I, I could do it just, uh, just all my ideas alone would be, uh, were strong enough to, to pass my ideas, you know, like they're, they're the, 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 I wouldn't have to overdraw everything. So I, I think I've talked about this before where I've, I've I've made some efforts to try to pare it down to make it simpler and easier to read. So it would also yeah. it would fucking alienate people and hurt their eyes and hurt my own eyes in the process. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And another thing, kind of more specifically about your work that I think is kind of interesting, where I've seen um, kind of more recent stuff where you're kind of like commenting on kind of internet phenomena and stuff like that. And and I think like a, a theme that I've seen in the internet has been like. Um, you know, there's specifically like the, this group of, of boys and men that are um, trying, are, are like, uh, what do you call it? In, involuntarily celibate or, or <laughs> maybe they're, they're trying to not masturbate. And, and I see that I see your artwork as being like kind of a, a counterpoint to that where, where you're promoting having sex and all these very, very sexual themes and, and trying to like kind of celebrate these hyper kind of fantastic sexual scenarios. It, it seems like a counterpoint to the kind of involuntary, you know, the, the incels or, or that kind of culture. Is it, is that, is that, is that something you're thinking about when you're doing that kind of work or, or where does, where does all the half sex stuff come from? I would think, Hey, you're right on it because I've been a, uh, I've been an incel by choice for, for many years. I mean, even subconsciously by choice because you know, there's, Plenty of years where it was very dry, and but and then in those years when you're miserable like that and you're not celebrating life, uh, utilizing sex, then you will uh, the the hate will foment inside you and 
it'll spill out onto everyone around you. Yeah. So the idea is like, I mean, and, and sex, you know, it's, it's also like, it's figurative. It's, it's like, it's code for anything that's good. You know, it's, it's life itself. It's, it's what life comes from. And it's, and it's, it's why many of us are, you know, choose to even r remain alive. So, I mean, so I mean, when I say like have sex, I could, that could, I'll just be saying, Hey, um, someone's asked me, uh, do you want a hamburger and do you want a beer? I would say have sex. You know? <laughs> that's very, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It's the nectar of life. And Jeez. I, I just like, I'd rather like, instead of, if, I mean, we, you can't avoid bad feelings and, and uh, like you prejudice will, will come up. Uh, hatred will come up in your heart. All these things are there. I mean, they're, I think they're in all, in all of us. So yeah. we have to do what we can to, not let that completely take us over. So I think like have sex is like, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to say. And it's, it's also, it's funny to say, or maybe it could be worn out. Maybe I, I don't need to say it anymore because I was saying it for too long. Um, but, and then also, I mean, Instagram has disabled two have sex accounts where like I actually was having, you know, I was gaining a little bit of ground as far as like getting some followers and, you know, and, and also I was doing some decent business through the exposure on my Instagram accounts. Yeah. And they were both have sex accounts and they weren't uh, overtly explicit. I don't think, but they were both disabled and I was given little to no recourse, actually zero recourse and into retrieving my, my disabled accounts. Yeah. They could just put your, your, your account on the chopping block. You know, it's not, it's not very fun anymore out there, out there in the, in the internet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I really, yeah, man. It's it, they let, the thing is they left. I I can't be. I'm not like I could. Man, I don't want to be like too bitter or too glum about it. So like I'm still like working uh, in the Instagram world. I just have to figure out how to do it differently. And I have to do give. Hey Zuckerberg, you know, thank you for giving me this platform. Or I, I don't know if he owned it when I was when. Cause I know that because Zuckerberg acquired uh, Instagram, so he owns it now too. So. Uh, I mean, they, they, gave, there was a, I had about maybe two and a half years of pretty much free reign where I was just, uh, posting anything I wanted. So I got, I got away with what I needed to get away with, I think, and I'd like to get away with some more, but then, uh, you know, this, this is forcing me to think about things a little bit differently and, and how can I say the same things I want to say, but maybe, but maybe I can retire some, some things and, and focus on some other things too. So, yeah, you know, you can maybe, you know, uh, you know, I think I think your work, you know, is kind of in line with with some of the old school, like San Francisco underground artists and stuff. Where you know, back in the, those days, you could say whatever you wanted to in the weirdo comics or or all those kind of those kind of very compulsive, desperate comics from from yesteryear. Where where you know, like S. Clay Wilson and Robert Crumb and and all these these guys that just put all of their their psychology and their id out there on paper and it, it was exciting it you know it's it's just drawing for me is nice because nobody can tell you what to do it's just you and you, you know you're like a writer or something you can do whatever you want but then you put it on a platform like instagram and unfortunately like in, in your situation you you put it out there and then you gain momentum and then they could just chop your head off just like that boom you're done yeah, they, it gives them too much power. 
it is. So I, I'm like, I'm, I'm just been trying to brainstorm with some other artists and also look within this to figure out, you know, different, different uh, modes of or whatever, what, what different platforms I've considered only fans, which I think is mostly like a, like a fuck for, for people that um, do sexual stuff or like, you know, like, it's like amateur porn. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, I, if, if they, if I can do, if they can do amateur porn, and basically, it's like it's a like Patreon for amateur uh, porn stars, right? I see. And I think, well, maybe I maybe that's like a place, a platform, because I think enough of my stuff is is explicit. But then again, like, man, I, I, maybe it's time to you know whatever to do like uh, my peanuts, you know, start doing some mm-hmm. stuff. You know, time to go soft. Or I mean, at the same time, you know, figure out a means of like saying maybe even being harder than I've ever been and harder than in the history of any underground cartoonist, but then only use safe, safe space uh, symbols. Sounds like a good challenge. Yeah. And also I'm incorporating uh, everyone else's characters into this, uh, this hero's quest that I have to, uh, <laughs> to make it. Cause again, I've, I've completely uh, acquired uh, all the unofficial rights to Tony millionaires, Mackie's universe. Oh really? Yeah. And uh, I'm That's I'm funny. developing this character. Actually, I've I've been developing him. I don't know if you've seen him. His name is Victor Cairo the Frog. Ah, nice. Yeah. Uh, he looks just like Pepe the Frog, but he's but he also but he's got glasses. He has glasses like me, and yeah. A big nose. <laughs> nice. Oh, I have seen that. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, actually, I don't know why it's funny, but I, I'll tell you why I think it's funny because it just is. It just, I don't know, some things are, you can't explain it. And like what you were saying. It's what, pretty funny. What you were saying before about those guys, you know, the, the underground guys that I'm sure, you know, you, what was, what was your exposure to the, the undergrounds? Because you're totally aware of all the, you know, all the major players, all the Spains, all the, all the crumbs, all the wood rings, all the, et cetera. Like, how old were you when you were first exposed to those? to these dark arts? Well, I, I think I was in college um, and I saw the Crumb documentary and I think that was my introduction to it. So, um, you know, that was in the 90s. And then from there, I kind of, um, you, you know, I, I liked uh, uh, Robert Williams' books, his art books. I had a, a friend of mine in high school showed me those and they were just incredible, you know, so... I think, you know, I think with our artwork, um, you know, we're almost speaking to our kind of like teen selves or something, you know, or you're, you're, you're kind of making, or at least I do, I kind of like, I make work that, that would um, impress myself when I was 16 or something. And, and I think, I think artists like, like the, the, the old school underground San Francisco artists and stuff, they, they were kind of kind of indulging into these like almost teen fantasies or something well you know and you could do that the rest of your life i well said well said and as you're saying that i'm thinking like oh someone said that once about about me uh like many years ago like oh something victor cairo is you know he's just like he's a perpetual uh, teenager and this yeah like an adult like it's like really is this like an insult or a uh, is this a compliment that I'm able to that I'm able to tap into, or perpetually just be a 14 year old boy who indulges in these uh, fantasies and and puts them on the paper? But isn't like 
that what everything else is? Then maybe it's not. But maybe like again, I'm thinking like aim higher. How do we aim higher? How do we how do we try to impress our our seventy uh, five year old boomer selves? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I mean, you get you get a band like say like like Metallica or Megadeth. You know, they, they pop, you know I I like old school like kind of thrash heavy metal stuff like that. And you know, there's a window of time where where it was good, and then if you just kind of stick with the program, it kind of fades. Um, you know, but you know the latest kind of Metallica stuff I haven't been too impressed with. But 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 it, it's also this kind of indulgent teenage kind of wasteland or whatever. So. I think that drawing doesn't suffer from that. Like uh, our work only gets better and better, um, you know, because we don't have to to use our aging bodies in front of a crowd or we don't have to have a certain uh, look or attitude or anything. We can just do whatever the hell we want and and put it out there. So um, it's, I don't know. I, I've always thought that drawing was a great um job because um because you know as our body slowly disintegrates it uh, you know it doesn't matter because you can stay young through your characters and through your drawings and you could just do whatever you want you know well that's medicine for me for you to say that because i mean it's like one of those things like when a person knows they know something that is uh, bad for them but they continue to do it and and they continue to do it until maybe someone's, uh, you know, like a, you know, kicks them over and they fall over and they say, oh, why'd you do that? Because you know what you're doing is wrong. And I guess what I, where I'm going on with that is, is like, is it, even as, you know, as I'm getting, as I've gotten older, like I have to fight like this thing, like I have, you know, because you're, as a creator, you have, there's a, an idea of who you are. There's an image of, you know, what, what, what you think that people think about you. Yeah, and like I know, like none of that shit matters. But then sometimes, like that stuff creeps in on me too, and I'm like, no, I like there's so I don't need to. I if anything, like I I would like it if if uh, no one saw me for ten years, but I continued. I became I became ultra prolific and just kept on doing stuff, etc. And then ten years down the line, they, I maybe I'll do an appearance, and when I and when I come out of the shadows, I'll have a. I'll have a fucking six pack and, a, and, I'll, and I'll be dressed like a bro and I'll have boat shoes on and, and cargo shorts and a tank top and, and tribal tattoos. So I will, you know, I won't look like what, what people think that I would, would normally look like. <laughs> have you seen, did, did you ever listen to Ministry? No, is it good? Yeah, well, I like it. You know, it's kind of very, it's my, my teenage self was kind of into Ministry back in the, the, the 90s. But that guy totally uh looks insane now like he's tattooed his face he's got a piercing everywhere you could imagine and he just he just looks insane I don't know. so he you know he's probably in his he's probably you know late 50s early 60s and he looks pretty incredible i gotta i gotta check that out is that the, is that the uh... al jurgensen you could just google al jurgensen 2020 or something it'll, it'll come up and he just he, i don't know it just you know, he's just got like a big hat, dreadlocks, probably sunglasses, just insane tattoos everywhere, tons of jewelry. Maybe he just—he looks like a cartoon character. The uh, so when I was when my teenage self, because you you might think this might be inverse or something. But this is uh, like I, I was more like into listening to Frank Sinatra 
I was into lit- that. I mean, that was like my shit. Sh- uh, Schindler's on the ri- on the uh, Schindler on the roof. Not Sch- <laughs> no, no, wait, no, Fiddler on the roof. I, I did not. <laughs> but so yeah, I like I like a lot of most of my stuff that I like. I, I loved. Uh, you know, hey, when you're like in college and 21, you're like probably you smoke a little bit of weed. Yeah, yeah. And then you were listening to Metallica and Ministry and like and fucking doing the six 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 and like doing the headbanger like hand symbol hand signal signal. Well, I I appreciated that, but I was also I think during that time I was also kind of into rave culture too. So I was like I was really into Apex Twin, and I also liked I liked some East Coast rap, you know, and stuff like I liked all kinds of stuff. I don't know. I was into indie rock too. I was into all kinds of just bullshit stuff it seems like you're much more unique though if you're in like frank sinatra and stuff when you're a teenager you, i mean you're a true weirdo hey i was bumping Ooh. the buena vista social club dvd not even not even the cd i was like <laughs> i was playing the movie on loop it's a good movie right hooter i have to i have to check it out i just acquired i got a vhs player recently and people have just been leaving vhs's all over the place in, in their yards and stuff and, and i just acquired a um a whole stack of Clint Eastwood movies, like Dirty Harry and stuff like that. Fuck. Uh, I mean, that, you know, man, that is a beautiful thing. Because sometimes even in, in L.A., we'll, you'll see on the side of the road, like, a tube TV and a yeah. VR. And I'm like, well, thank, you know, like, God bless this person or universe bless or Allah bless, Buddha bless, whatever, uh, for them for sticking it out that long and, and keeping these things in a place that really doesn't allow you to accumulate these things anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, before before I moved uh, out to Los Angeles, I, I had all these VHS, I had hundreds of VHS that I, that I accumulated because I... Wow. I mean, just, I'm just, I have a giant, I have a giant uh, shelving unit and it was just like, you know, whatever, I, pot, potentially hundreds of pounds of, of plastic and VHS tape and, and I, I just got rid of it all. I said, yeah. I might be... What did you do? Give it to a thrift store or something? Yeah, yeah, it was a thrift. I, well, I had some sales, you know, cheap sales, and then like certain friends got like the you know the pick of the litter and the best stuff, and uh, yeah, the majority of it went to to the uh, yeah the thrift stores, Goodwill, et cetera, St. Vincent, and but that was that was like my that was like my one of one of my, but then again, like it was just like that was one of those the anchor. Like I knew it wasn't it wasn't good for me to accumulate all this stuff, but I still did, and I, I it, it, I'm glad that I that I don't. I mean, if, again, if I did get rich and I had a fucking mansion and a compound, I would have like a garage that was just specifically for VHS because it is, it's a world that you. Can, I mean, there are these communities on Facebook and on Instagram, and elsewhere all over the internet, people who are major collectors, and to look at their collection of these big boxes with the with the with the art, you know, like because that's that's another part of the beautiful thing of the VHS was the the boxes, you know, yeah, the box art, paintings, all that good stuff. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And then you know, there's something um, that's nice about putting a tape in and actually watching something. You know, you get I get kind of sick of like the streaming stuff or like the kind of the digital, um, uh, I don't know, the glitchiness of it. And uh, there's something more pure about about a, a tracking on a tape, and I don't know. It's nice. It's nice. It's maybe it's nostalgic when because I used to watch tapes when I was a kid and stuff. So I don't know. 
maybe I'm just trapped in my own nostalgia, but but there's something about it. and the the aesthetics of you know of tapes. It's I like watching the coming attractions. I like watching everything on there. It's just I don't know. It's it's nice. The warm, yeah, the warm. I like the how they degrade a little bit. Mm-hmm. They it gives the it kind of fuzzes things out. So when there are practical effects, the practical effects as you view it, and I think and every and I think every tape degrades a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's okay. There's a movie that it's the the number one selling. Everybody knows uh, Japanese animated cartoon. What's the name of it? Akira. 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 And so I, 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 I still, I, okay, I didn't get rid of absolutely every single one of my tapes. So I have like a box left somewhere in storage. And it's my, my childhood copy of Akira that I got, I think, in 1992. And so it's like the first generation of the VHS of the English dub of that movie. And I watched it so many times that, like, it, that it got to the certain degradation level and it's kind of remained there. And so like, mm-hmm. every year I would like revisit that movie and watch it again. And so it just had this warm fuzz to it. And I just, and I, and I love it. And that's, and that's, how, and I, I watch it so many times in that degraded state that that's how I remember it. And that's how I like it. And when I've tried to like watch it again, where it's been like digitally remastered, it's like, it's like too bright for me and the lines are too clear and it, mm-hmm. and it, and it looks too much like a drawing. But yeah. I, I've watched my copy so many times that everything has like it's it's almost like watercolor. It's mm-hmm. just a warm, glowy, fuzzy, bleedy, just a, a soft. It's a soft like a fucking like a robe. Yeah, yeah. You can't replicate that digitally, you know. Especially with all these new plasma screens and stuff. Everything just looks. If you put in an old movie or something, it looks like it was. Uh, it looks like a cable access show or something. It looks like shit, but because you need that. Yeah, that fuzziness to it. You know, I was reading this book by. Um, uh, Jaron Lanier, this you know, he was like a tech guy that used to be in the um, the early days of virtual reality, and he was talking about how um, back in the early days of virtual reality, like w- when you first went into that kind of lawnmower man looking world, you know, where it was kind of more um, the you know the hexagonal, whatever the geodesic shapes and stuff were, were a little basic. But then eventually your your mind kind of adjusts to it, and, and then you were able to imagine the, 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 these immersive worlds even better than you would in this high def world of details that they have now in video games, where every little detail is accounted for. Like he he was saying that back in the day, when you would go into a virtual world, it, it actually yeah it was more of a collaboration with your imagination like you could you, you would look at this look at a tree and the tree would just be this very basic kind of you know geometry of a tree but eventually you know your mind kind of makes up the leaves and the you know so, so it's a it's even more of a rich imaginative experience than if it was all than if you got to see every single little detail and i, I thought that was interesting yeah i tell you what the uh uh the uh like games that i I, I haven't really played video games in, in years and years. I, I can't have a video game system because otherwise I get completely sucked into the fucking thing. But like yeah. the graphics, I just I found through through time, the the even the the aesthetic didn't matter. What mattered is like how the game plays, what you're doing, 
so like some of my favorite games are the ones with the lo-fi aesthetics, the ones that were, yeah, you do have to use your imagination to fill in the blanks. And then mm-hmm. your mind will, hopefully, if you, if you have an imagination or if you even choose to have one. But I, I don't know, maybe it's, they really do want to placate people in every single, so if there's like an empty spot in your head where that, that would be normally, would be a, a, a space for your imagination to grow, they fill that in already with all these needless uh, extra graphics and whatever, every leaf needs to be detailed yeah so i mean but that's me speaking as a person who's fu- who fucking has spent their life over detailing things so i'm trying to like <laughs> myself from doing that myself you know yeah i do it too i'm i'm a pretty detail oriented guy so it's hard i don't know have you found this pandemic to be a time of creativity for you? Or are you feeling less inspired to draw? Or how, how is your productivity these days? I would say it's definitely it's, it's inconsistent. It is up and down. And there are times. There will be like a couple of weeks where it's pretty strong. And then maybe I'll have like a week where I just, it's hard to lift the pen, you know? And I guess it's, yeah. it's no like shortage of ideas or, or a will. It's... I mean, I guess it's just all this external shit, this weight that's that's been just anchoring on all of us. So I don't want to say that my plight is any worse or special. It's, um, it, it's it, you know, I'm going to say it's fine because I definitely have made things during this time that I like. How about yourself? Yeah. Well, I like that. The, I like the Pepe and Lane Wolf drawings that you showed me, like especially the the cool perspectives and stuff. I, I don't know. I always draw from a certain person. I always just draw like as if it's like a kid's book or something and everything's just happening on the, on the puppet show kind of field of vision. It's not, I, I got to branch out a little bit and do some, like some worm's eyes, some, some bird's eyes. I don't know. <laughs> I love all the, I love all the different kind of point of views that you incorporate in your work. It's just so, um, it's inspiring to me. So I don't know. I need to, I need to do more work. I've just been kind of, uh, not as ambitious as I should be. Well, I'll start cracking the whip. I'll give you a you know a monthly pep talk and say, hey, try the bird's eye. You, you know what? Let's uh, let's draw the whole comic like it's a, one of those skating videos. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, fuck. Would you say that this pandemic has been um, at any point? Did you ever get a little teardrop that came out of the side of your face? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I mean, if I was if I was going to dive into the my idea about the pandemic, I, I would say that that it's just a um, you know, and this has been said before, I, that it's just a, a symptom of a, of a bigger problem, you know, and and um, you know, there's a lot. Of, I don't know. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe the world is just here for us to use up. You know, there's no there's no rules. You know. So um, I don't know. I do. I do have a crying heart for people and animals and the planet. You know, during times of, of suffering. You know, that, that crazy fire in in Australia that happened a while back. The fires in California. Um, it's all. It's all connected to kind of you know. How, how we're all interacting with each other, with our resources and, and with the planet and with, with other critters. You know, a lot of these pandemics are spawned by our, our kind of 
interrelation with, with other critters and other animals and wildlife and stuff like that. So I don't know. It, it seems a little bleak to me, especially right. now that I have a kid, but, but I just try to focus on, um, I don't know, life, life's pretty, um, it perseveres, you know, it's pretty, yeah, you can't really, even if we destroy all the cool stuff, you know, if you just look at it in geological time, eventually stuff will just heal and turn into new things. And I don't know. Right. I think the first step into that of things just like turning into the new things, we have to stop uh, what they do, you know, when a person dies, they remove, <laughs> they remove the blood and they, then they fill it up with the formaldehyde. Yeah. And then they put them in a, a, a box that doesn't biodegrade. Yeah. Takes up all the space. I think yeah. there needs to be mandatory cremation. Yeah. Let's yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, uh, having a dog and I, I don't have a dog, but it, you know, you got to walk, you got to put it shit in a plastic bag and then put the plastic bag in the garbage. It's, it's like, it seems a little counterproductive too. It doesn't really break down and it's all weird, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, it, like, it's all connected. Everything's, we're all connected. We're, we're connected to all the dead bodies that came before us and all the dog shit in the world. It's all part of us and, and all this plastic and shit. I don't know. I think about it a lot, but I try not to let it get me down. Same here. There's one, again, like there's so much shit that's going on in the, you know, in the news and the, like this, this is how I read the news. I'm just, I'm part of the problem in a lot of ways because, uh, I don't know, I don't read fast, so I just, I just read the headlines. And I see this, 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 this. Okay, so I get like a basic outline of what's, what's going on. And if I, sometimes I choose like to actually click and, and read if it really pertains to my interests or if I think it's really pertinent that I fucking delve into the thing. But one of the things that, that, pop, that popped up is, I think it's in Ohio, that they passed a bill that, that all like unborn, like a fetuses, aborted fetuses, <laughs> you need to have a fucking... Uh, uh, you need to like either cremate them or bury them. Hmm. Like whereas normally they would, you know, you, you you would dispose of it. You know, you wouldn't make a you you wouldn't make a ceremony out of it. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't you would have to. And, but the idea of burying an a fetus, or I guess this, I think this not only just applies to aborted fetuses, but to like let's say if you have like a stillborn baby. Or yeah. wait, do people do that when they have like a stillborn baby or the baby is born dead? Uh, I guess it depends. You know, I've seen stuff where they they make dolls to represent them and stuff. Um, Animatronic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I mean, not quite animatronic, I don't think, but they would take home a doll and kind of take care of it and stuff. It'd be kind of a symbol of the baby that was to come. But yeah, man, that stuff's yeah, it's it's rich. It's all very rich. <laughs> well, if you, uh, okay, not if you, if I pass before you pass, right? You need to promise to me right now and to the I Love Victor Cairo podcast audience that you will visit the Victor Cairo Museum, where I've actually, it's in my will, that, and I have contractors and people that are going to do this. My body is going to be preserved and turned into an animatronic, animatronic, uh, host of the museum oh that's great so that's yeah it's gonna, it's gonna have all my catchphrases you can interact with it it's gonna be hooked up to an ipad you know it can you, i'll draw with you 
so you're going to be kind of you're going to be like a, like those animals at the at the natural history museum where you're totally stuffed and then full of like how are they going to preserve your body oh you know with the uh salt i don't know how do they do that <laughs> I don't know I don't... They do. with a brine a brine solution and some kind of like resin no but that's always been like a dream of mine that my body would be turn into like a showbiz pizza animatronic monster thing so i could still play with people you know in the afterlife i don't want because i don't want to leave i don't want to go well you can you got to just get beyond your you know i mean uh you know you've mentioned spirituality a little bit earlier in this podcast you know talking about buddha or allah or god or whatever and uh you know i think that the 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 truth of it is that that you wouldn't actually after you you or I died we don't actually go anywhere you know we're still here because you know I think everybody's journey of of spirituality or self-realization or, or whatever it's it's kind of realizing that our that our bodies are kind of just a kind of a made-up shell you know we, we just kind of we come into our body and then we leave our body but what is we you know Nobody's asked to be born, you know. We weren't asked to be here. We just appear. But it's not like we appeared out of nowhere, you know. Uh, we were something before we became our bodies. And what is that thing? Well, that thing is, is you know, whatever interconnected energy. You know, some people, you know, the psychedelic mis- uh, mystics or whatever would call it just pure love. You know, we all come from uh, something that's deep within us that, connects everything and everything that is a thing every mountain stream piece of dog shit person everything is connected to to something else you know so i don't know living is kind of like you know our living bodies it's kind of like the the universe's way of breathing you know because we're here our lives are almost like just a breath like a breath and and then again like yeah I, i definitely had those these thoughts like this if i was uh, smoking a little bit of a uh, marijuana or even if okay. i had a couple beers i start getting into my head a little bit and to think like oh maybe i yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not victor cairo i'm not i'm not just this one thing i'm not bald eagles or i am or i am that i'm you i am i'm the i'm i am my enemy my enemy, my enemy yeah. creates me i create them i am my family i am you know i'm I'm every every race imaginable. I'm every you know. I, I'm even God. I, I'm the gods. I'm every god. So mm-hmm. are you? I guess. I don't know. I have. See, that's, that's, I'm, I'm open to to all the possibilities because I because I, I don't know. And yeah. And, and then you. Uh, that's the thing about these fucking uh, these groups and cults or clubs or sides that people pick and. And maybe I should be on like a particular side, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to survive and and have a sense of humor about all the stuff that is not within my control and try to control what I can control. And that's myself. And that doesn't always work. And, but I, but I, you know, what I can do is I can, I can take, I can pick up a piece of paper and a, a pencil and, and see if I can try to harness some of this, these ideas, these energies and, these possibilities and, and play with them 
and, uh, and maybe, you know, discover some truth about myself or about the, the world that we live in and, and touch another soul and laugh. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that your drawings, and your, your artwork and your creativity is going to outlast you, you know. Um, so, you know, you are going to leave something behind, a piece of yourself but then you're going to return back to yourself and who knows? I don't know. I don't even really know what I'm talking about. It's not like I'm religious or anything, but um, I watched this movie called, you know, speaking of death, uh, Timothy Leary's dead. I think that's what it was called. And um, what's interesting about, you know, Timothy Leary, the like acid guy. So when he was dying, he, I think he had cancer or something. It was during the early days of the internet. It was like in the nineties and uh, he was just kind of having a party. He, he knew he was dying. So he invited all of his friends over and he just did tons of drugs. He would, and then he would record, it was during the early days of the internet. He would record everything that he would do. Every beer he drank, every quaalude he took, every dilaudid, every, you know, a, hit of acid or whatever, every dose of ketamine. And he would just do all this stuff. And he was just having a party and feeling as good as he possibly could and you know having a party and having it be a celebratory thing and then he would he would have he had a website going and he would record everything that he was doing that his friends were doing and then you know they recorded this for this movie maybe it was a reenactment i don't know but but right when he took his last breath they chopped his head off and froze it and uh, so his frozen decapitated head is somewhere because he thinks that in the future they'll be able to take his consciousness and download it onto like, a, you know, into the mainframe or something like that. But, but even that is a little, seems a little desperate. I don't know. It, it, doesn't, it seems like you're, you're kind of stuck in this idea of who you are, you know, and, and how that's important. You know? Yeah, hanging on, hanging on and... And it's also as, as kind of like rooted in, in the, the again, like the fear of, of the unknown and, and wanting to, yeah, to, yeah, to, to cling on to whatever your individuality is. And it almost goes mm-hmm. against the, I mean, a, a lot of like the, I don't know if it's teachings. I, Cause I, again, I, I'm not like a huge Timothy Leary person. And like, I just, I, I haven't read up a lot about drugs, but I've done drugs and I'm, I, I, I don't I don't read a lot of psychedelic stuff, although like I listen to psychedelic podcasts and you know I'm not like an ex. I, in other words, I'm not an expert and I don't read. I haven't read the literature. Like I'm, I'm fucking one of these guys that rolls a podcast in the background and and I just pick things up in there and you know cherry pick a little bit and things kind of like through life experience you kind of just a, adopt certain uh, POVs through just being alive and seeing what works and what doesn't work uh, for you personally. And, and then, you know, maybe you can even discover, like, you know, oh, no, man, you just like, you, like you, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just trying to fucking, like, draw and and come up with stuff that I think are my ideas. And then, but then, are these ideas even mine? Is any, is any, is anything that or blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, I guess in the end, somehow this is, this is, this is going to, because what you were talking about him, like, Celebrating his 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 last days, <laughs> recording everything yeah. and just having a yeah. beer or a quaalude or whatever he's doing. I I had like this this moment of my uh, this or this time in my life where things were weren't were not looking too well, 
uh, had like I like, had a major breakup, and, or you know major because it was it was a long term relationship and then it was over. So I'm just I'm single. I then like I'm just living by myself and I have this apartment to myself and I have this backyard and I filled I had a kitty like one of those like those kitty pools in the the backyard. And I filled yeah. that up and I just remember like drinking beer underneath the stars. But then also I had somebody had uh, given me this tab of acid and I just, mm-hmm. and having this long conversation while going in and out of consciousness with my friend on my little brick phone and talking about life and death and the eternal and fear and, and uh, the, the, the possibility of the uh, eternal soul being tormented forever and ever and ever. And eventually just kind of just, just uh, coming to the conclusion that even if that were to happen, even if the, 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 the end, the, the, the eternity would be nothing but torment and pain. You just have to say, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's not like, cause I get, what am I going to do? I'm, I, again, like I am just a fucking, I'm just a part of this, uh, of this, it, this giant, is it, is it a, a part of the soul, the, 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 the universal soul or the, whatever the fuck it is? Am I just a piece of it or am I a part of it? You know, I don't know. So, so when you're talking about, yeah, I think you are a piece of, I think we're all a piece of it. So, I mean, you can talk about everything uh, on different levels, but the thing that, you know, I, I, I've done psychedelics and the thing about like maybe taking mushrooms or something like that, what it does is it gives you this kind of really quick uncut, pure kind of uh, transcendental experience where you kind of realize the interconnectedness of you and everything else. And, you know, you and your family, you and the planet, you and the the sun, the moon, the stars, everything, you know, it kind of comes, that comes really fast and clear you you get this kind of like weird wisdom from ingesting mushrooms and like what are mushrooms you know it's like this weird it's a weird life form that grows on the rot you know and 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 why why are these why are these chemical compounds or or these some people think mushrooms are aliens trying to communicate with us maybe they are i mean mushroom you know they're they're a creature or something Anyways, so it, so it kind of gives you this this window into the the interconnectedness of everything and blah blah blah. But it, and and what you do realize is that you know maybe our ideas that you know they aren't are just our own. It's it's uh, we're building on the artists that came before us, and we're we're continuing it. Like no, I don't I don't know that there are any original ideas. I think that there are, it's just like, it's like cooking or something. You got to put all these different ingredients into it and then it becomes what it is. You know, you you know, you have the raw ingredients and then you put it all together and then you make a unique uh, piece of cake. How, you know, maybe it's the only the way that you could do it, but, but you're taking all these different ingredients where, where you're taking all these different kind of inspirations and, you know, everybody just, gleans what they want and they they regurgitate it into their own stuff but it's just a continuation of of the artists and the things that came before us just like we're a continuation of of our parents and and their parents and you know it just it just goes on and on and i don't know i don't know about you but for me you know art is it's a little bit of a compulsion and it seems like you're, you're kind of a fellow compulsive artist type guy you know where where you know your your drive to 
to to be creative is maybe because it uh i don't know it gives it gives you some control over an otherwise um you know you know we don't we can't we can only control so much but when it comes to a pen and paper and, and time we, we have that moment to really make whatever we want and have total control True. you know or or, or or devote yourself to to uh to a loving creative i don't know i think art is art is art's what keeps me going same yeah so the compulsion to to offer what i have what i, what I believe i have to offer to the world and you know as, as, as you and i and all of our fellow artists and whoever else you know came before us and, and with us like we like we were inspired like that like you know, we, uh, and like, you know, if, if I was an electrician, then I would be inspired by all the great electricians that came before me or the great, the great yeah. plumbers that, uh, you know, that, that plumbed stuff that, you know, that, that, that piped things or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like as artists, like the, we're trying, I, I, at least I know that I, I am, I, I mean, you are, we are, it's like, we want to give back. Like I want, I do, like, I want to, I, I guess it's not just, I, again, I do want to please myself by, by doing these things that I, that I do. But like, it, it does give me, it gives me a sense of purpose to, to, to do these drawings. Cause otherwise I'm, I don't know. I don't know what else I would be doing because like, this is what I, 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 I have to do it. This is my, my compulsion is to have a purpose in life. And that is to, to make these, make the drawings, make the comics and to make myself laugh. And I, I think, I think that I am enough of other people like I am also, like I think that I have a connectivity to people almost instantaneously, and I definitely feel that when I get that mushroom wisdom, I feel like I am, I am you. So like I can I can feel comfortable in my own skin and around other people, and I feel that I can kind of walk in and out and through them and be them, and we are all together, and we're gonna share, we're gonna share the joy of the sense of humor that isn't even, that's not even just mine, but it's also you. You're going to find this entertaining. This is why I did it. This is my purpose. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. If, if we just kind of really indulge, I think drawing, especially it's, it's kind of like uh, you, you almost do you, uh, a lot of it is doing it for yourself. And if you are having a lot of fun doing it or you're doing something that you want to see, manifest in, into the world or whatever there's going to be other people that 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 enjoy it too but you have to you know the trick is you have to really be inspired and you know for example like uh, i remember being a teenager and like playing mortal Kombat, and how the the backgrounds and the characters really inspired me and i, I remember seeing that game in the arcade and then rushing home and and, and trying to reflect on what those you know the burning skulls in the backgrounds <laughs> of of all the Mortal Kombat games and all these characters, and and I was like, I, I, it was just this very specific thing, but that you know a lot of the Mortal Kombat w was inspired by you know old Jean Claude Van Damme movies, old you know all you know everything that came before it to make all the old ninja movies and all the old you know horror movies or whatever that things that came before it to make Mortal Kombat, and then you know we could look at something like that and that's like a continuation. Then our artwork is a continuation of that. And it just keeps going and going. And um, it's nice to indulge in, in, into these fantastic realms, but then to also make comments on the real world through, 
you know, I think, I think fantasy is, is a, is a way to sugarcoat reality and to, to get people to maybe, um, you know, I use characters and in, in different environments, stuff like that to kind of, to represent things that I'm thinking about that apply to the real world, you, you know, oh, definitely. like, uh, like if I'm thinking about the overproduction of plastic, I'll, I'll do like a little character that is just spilling out tons of plastic or something like that you know and then it becomes like a way for me to to deal with these you know these patterns of thought that I have it kind of helps relieve me to get to draw characters on paper to kind of represent these kind of obsessive thoughts that I have or something does that make sense totally makes sense and as you're saying that too it, it took me back to when I actually was first exposed to your to boys club in 2007 i was on a, a car ride and there was a in the back seat of this car there's a, a stack of books i'm looking through them i think maybe one of them was like a prison pit and there's boys club and maybe a few other things like what's this and so I'm, I'm reading it and it's very like it very succinctly captured uh through these cartoon characters like it's just like the joyful experience of being a young person who is ha- who has friends who has a life, who maybe isn't like, isn't changing the world or they're not doing like some crazy fantastical fucking super feat of strength or violence, but like it was very like enjoyable, relatable, but also new and fun and, and drawn well. So yeah, we're using these, these characters to, to, I mean, to expand on that experience. Cause I mean, yeah. That's that's what that's what we do, right? We're 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 taking the, our experiences and and uh, and if we want to make it into have, have a, an animal do it instead of us, or or we want to take out our, our anger, our frustrations, our jealousies, and et cetera, and turn it into this and our love for having energy to fight for our lives and to celebrate that, you know, through Mortal Kombat, then we develop these games that express these these things in a way that's a little bit healthier than actually going out there and killing somebody i I fucking (laughs) love mortal kombat and oh my god when when i i lived in a loft space with all these different artists in new york uh a little i mean hey a little humble brag because you know if you're an artist like if you ever have that point in your life where you live with a bunch of artists and like you're living in a loft in new york you're like yeah this is i fucking i did it you know (laughs) know, yeah like thoughts like that because i'm like this is unreal. I'd wake up in the morning and there's a fucking subway going past our part, uh, uh, you know, our artist loft area. I'm like thinking, wow, this is this is the, this is the life. I mean, the artist life. But we had a, what part of New York were you in? What the what the fuck? It was I can't. Why well, don't even uh, was it like Bushwicky? It was what? Oh, okay. Oh, somewhere in Brooklyn. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the two thousands. In the uh, yeah yeah it was two thousand and. Nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish. Yeah, there was a moment in Brooklyn. You know, I would just visit there. It was just insane. The energy there was insane. <laughs> just it was just so many young creative people all in one place. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm glad I, I, you know, I, I had my time there and definitely got spoiled with that experience. I mean, spoiled in like just the riches of of being around all these other creative people doing similar but not dissimilar work and you know just just being being around it and there really was I, i'm sure there still is a community there and, and everywhere else but i mean it, i think it was for me it was a very special time but 
while we were there, there was a tube TV with a Sega Genesis, and and we <laughs> it was uh, Austin English and Jesse McManus and myself and a few others playing Mortal Kombat, you know, like a you know, like for hours or I seeming I think I think we had like a few like we had some marathon uh, sessions of playing Mortal Kombat. Nice. I mean, people, like you know, you kind of wouldn't think that like these uh, indie cartoonists are going to be playing this like ultra violent uh, game, but uh, that's almost like a celebration of of uh, of violence. Of <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 fun. I think I, we 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 have to we have to get that energy out too, or express it in some way. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm constantly toiling with it because I really I'm really inspired and I think that like you know, nothing's cooler than than drawing like a chain going into somebody's eyeball or you know decapitation or battle axes or spikes and veins and uh, viscera and stuff. You know, no, nothing is more fun to kind of indulge in that. But but also, is it? I don't know. Are are we damaging ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> Is it is it bad? I don't know. I guess I, I guess don't don't judge it too much. Like I'm working on a new project right now of um, of dualities. So so I've got a spread, and uh, on one side is one thing, and on the other side is the other thing. So so if I do something ultraviolet on one side, I, I'm going to have something calming and and kind of um, loving on the other side of it to kind of keep a, a balance. But but it, you know. That's that's just my latest kind of idea, my approach to it. Instead of like, you know, if somebody likes violent stuff and they want to see it, but maybe somebody else doesn't like that, and then they'll have the choice. They can they can look on the other side where you know you've got like a bunny like caring for its baby on one side, and then you've got you know a guy with chainsaws for hands, you know, decapitating a a, a bunny guy on the other side. So you can you can have a balance there. I have I have an expression for you right now, and okay, it's a it's, it's an urgent one. So this app only allows me to record one hour at a time. <laughs> but what I want to do is I want to conclude. I want to conclude this, but we don't have to go a whole another hour. But if I can conclude this recording sesh and then call you back, and then we'll do. We can uh, you know we can go for as long or as little as you like. But so then you can you can send me a link here. Yes, yeah, so I'll do the, I'll do what I just did before. Oh, okay. All right, man. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link in a moment. I'm going to uh, terminate this recording. Okay, terminated. Okay, bye-bye for now. Big hey. dog? Oh, I can actually hear you better now. Wow. Ah. Hey, it works. This is awesome. Hey, when you – so when you click that link, yeah. did, you, did you have to register with the – No, I don't have to do anything. No, I, I just write my name in there. I just wrote M-A-T-T and then hit – yeah. Holy shit, man! Because now I, fuck. Because I've I've done all these other these other uh, interviews, or I don't know if they're interviews or the talks. You know, we're we're just we're talking. We're doing the the comics chat, this informal chat. Uh, I've just been doing it by playing the fucking. <laughs> I call on my fucking computer. Yeah. On the, on the FaceTime and hold the phone up and record from the phone. So, it's, but that's that's why it's, it's this is like a semi apology to. My listeners who said, "Yeah, I like the podcast, but uh, you know your audio is complete shit." Well, I'm not a fucking audio engineer, but I didn't realize just how easy this was. So, <laughs> also, this is also an ad for Anchor. You know, the easiest way to record a podcast. So, 
got to do that. And pretty soon I got to get other sponsors, you know, to come in here. So I'm going to like make upwards of like two cents per listen. No big deal. What's up? Well, Victor, let me just uh, use this opportunity to say it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you uh, on your podcast. And I'm actually looking forward to listening to the other episodes that you've made on here. Um, you know, while I draw today, uh, I think you're hilarious. And uh, I'm, uh, I really, um, I, I quit Facebook years ago, but I remember seeing your old Facebook, just these weird random videos you would do of just making faces and making weird noises and doing different characters and stuff. And every single one of those just would crack me up. I would watch them with my brother and um, you are a, uh, you're a treasure. I, I feel the same way about you. And it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, conversing with you and talking about the process and and about the, the great uh, beyond that we may or may not have any understanding of, you know, like, who knows? We could be evaporated today, you know? So it's, it's good that, it's good that, we, that, we're, that we're getting this done, that we're doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'll never forget when we hung out in Dolores Park and we played tag and the one girl was wearing a, a what do you call that? Not baseball shoes. Cowboy boots. <laughs> oh yeah, who was that? We had no idea because it was it was your brother, myself, you, and then just two random young ladies, and they were both attractive ladies, and we we're all. I, I I think no, you weren't single, but you know I think uh, your brother and I were single. Nothing nothing happened, but we just like had this very innocent hang with these random two young ladies, and we played tag. Yeah. That's uh, that's San Francisco in a nutshell. It's it's just a town full of uh, adolescents. It doesn't matter how old you are. Just people, I don't know. People there just like to have fun and act like kids. It's a great place. I love. I miss San Francisco. I wonder if, if that's if that sort of activity is like going on now. I mean, because I again, I like I, I haven't really. I, I just don't. I don't know what, what it's like. I haven't been there in in five years. So it's, for me, it's. Um... It's like a mystery. Well, I'm sure it sucks now because of the the, pan, the global pandemic. But once that, I don't know. Maybe this will never end. Maybe it's just everything's just going to get worse. <laughs> right as a as a as a goof, man. Because I've been uh, to say I had my two major uh, Instagram accounts disabled. I'm like I'm looking for these for different platforms to express myself freely. So as a as as a goof, I just joined this. It's like this extreme. Oh my god! It's a it's a social platform called Parlor, and it's unreal. I thought all, all I can really say is that it's unreal because I don't want to like mark myself too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just kind of toying around with there. I'm just kind of trying to like gingerly goof on some of these people and their very extreme views because they're like they're, it's not just a little bit extreme, right? It's like it's very extreme. That's really all I can say about it. Okay, but, uh, but like another friend of mine, is like, yeah, we got to go to go to Parlor because it because Parlor expresses that it's, it's it's complete like a freedom of expression and you can say whatever you want, blah 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 blah. But none of these things you can't trust. You can't trust them. Like I don't even know if I can. I consider like going to Patreon, but I don't know if 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 I if I if I just dump all my eggs or you know put more of that stuff onto onto that platform, then they're going to say no, you're going to shut you down because you. You said this just a little bit too off color, and now we're just going to shut you down and demonetize you, et cetera. 
So just trying to figure this shit out. Anyway, so if you want to like, if you want to experience or just get a taste of like what some of what radicalized extreme man, I just I just never really saw this ha- gonna happening in our country because it's, it's it's like the sort of the uh, the insanity of of conspiracy radio is it has become like to a certain degree mainstream. Yeah. It's uh, unreal. Well, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the infrastructure, with how we communicate nowadays. You know, there's no, there's a, there's a lack of, uh, you know, there's an anonymity to it. There's a lack of empathy. You know, your internet, you and I, or I'm talking about we, our persona online is different than our persona in person. And uh, you know, you could even you can cultivate a a new personality on there and be your most extreme self. And that's just happening everywhere. It's happening in the news. It's happening. Everything's just kind of becoming more and more extreme because of how we interact. You know, it's the, um, it's the attention economy, like the more uh, hateful and violent and weird and um, desperate something is, the more attention it gets. Uh, on social media and on the internet and so we're just like we're kind of just creating a, our own nightmare <laughs> you know together collectively um, right which is uh for better or worse i don't know you know it's just this is just it, things are just becoming extreme and and uh you know i think it's just gonna maybe continue to happen and, and then eventually i think i think the younger generations are, are gonna be like you know fuck the internet fuck all this information and all this communication let's get off of it or maybe they won't maybe things will just get weirder and weirder and we'll be in virtual worlds just like you know fucking each other with double penises or something i don't know right you know man i kind of wish it would kind of go back to let's say even 20 years ago when it when when we had the internet but it was just it was like it was like pre youtube stream everything pre uh social media in the way that we know it now we just had emails emails were I mean, back in the day, I was an email monster. I mean, I just, I, I loved to write emails. I, I loved writing people and saying, you know, whatever, getting whatever was off my chest or, or saying too much and, and, and making friends that way. And also, you I mean, communicating within the world of indie comics and different creators and just trying to reach out that way. And then it almost seemed like with social media it was like, oh, this is like a dream come true. But it really... Even like back, let's say fifteen years ago, with when MySpace came about, wow, that was like a, a, a giant wet dream explosion of you, this interconnectivity that you know we'd never seen before. You could customize your page, you, you could put all these you know three hundred uh, profile pics up, you could do live chat, all this shit. All yeah, this yeah. Shit. I think I think I think social media peaked at MySpace. You know, I almost feel like no. The thing is, because I I felt like man. Because uh, just just in the way that like Facebook does fucking own everything and it's everywhere. It's like it's how you communicate with just about everybody. Even people that years ago would tell me like I would never fucking join my, uh, Facebook. I'll never do that. They're on it. Yeah. I, I I try to stick it. I try to stick it out with MySpace because I I wanted to actually be kind of brand loyal to it because I I did make a lot of friends through MySpace, but then everybody migrated to you know the Facebook. And MySpace became a, a ghost town, and and now if you go to if you if you ever go on MySpace now if you ever try to, it's 
it is the weirdest, most sterilized, vacant, giant social media space that is. I don't see it. I, I don't see any activity on it. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if there was a legacy site with all the old school MySpace site, you know, because it was like it was like really visiting somebody's web page or something. Yeah, that you had your own. You could even put music on there and stuff, and yeah, it was great. They had a function on there. It was a. It was called Snapvine, and on, with Snapvine, you could you, you 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 set this thing up on your on your profile, and <laughs> you and a lot of celebrities had this too. Uh, just normal people, and so people could leave you voicemails. Hmm. And it was it was uh, totally free. Uh, maybe you gave up some sort of like information and in doing it, or I, I, maybe I don't know some fucking weird uh, backdoor hack thing for you know used for nefarious uh, data gathering. I have no idea, but I just remember like going. <laughs> I think it was the, the porn star Belladonna had a had a Snapvine uh, voicemail thing on her profile. And it was just all these, all these just, there were like hundreds, like or thousands of these messages just saying like, oh, I want to fuck off. Oh, I want to fuck you. Oh, I want to fuck you. And then <laughs> goes to the next message. Oh, baby girl. Oh, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to tear that ass up. <laughs> and you could hear them? Yeah, yeah. You could hear all these random. Oh, well, was, that's funny. It was kind of beautiful. And I kind of like, that was just kind of just a small little example of the history that's lost with, you know. With, with us, you know, at least with, I, cause I never actually never heard anyone else ever mention Snap Vine, you know, since. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to carry on that legacy just through this fucking, this little memory. Do you remember Chat Roulette? That was funny. You know, I never, I never, I, I, yeah, I, I was aware of it, but I never did it. Were you, were you spanking it to, on Chat Roulette a little bit? Or no? no, well, I went to a friend's house, my friend Alan Luch's house, and uh, he was showing, showing me it. And, you know, it was just like nine times out of ten. Or one time out of you know you you just be going through and then you you there'd just be some guy jacking jacking off on there. <laughs> but then you know you'd find a, another random guy and you'd just be like, hey, what's up? And then you just start talking to somebody or you can talk. It was it was a cool idea until it just would default into like weirdos jacking off and I don't know. I I think that's just the default with the internet. It's just weirdos jacking off. And how is that not like? dangerous or i mean it is i guess i think these these chat um these kind of sites are still around i I don't use them and i i a lot of times find myself scratching my head feeling like a boomer who's like completely lost and and losing my mind and inundated with all these different apps and trying to to keep up and catch up and be aware of what's going on while also trying to update my my accounts and and show the world that I have something for sale or that I'm making something new or, or again, like to try to get, you know, garner my own attention for my work so I can continue to do it. And uh, yeah, man, I, I know these things are still around. They have to be, but yeah, fuck. Yeah. What are you going to keep? Like, cause kids are going to be on there. <laughs> yeah. Kids are going to be on there and encountering all sorts of different dicks jerking off. Yeah. It's weird. Hey, what a, so do you, do you have like a bunch of print on demand t-shirts? How does that work? I use or you a, yeah. had a site and and is that does that do people buy shirts on there? Yes, I I've used man. I had a there's 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 different there's different print on demand. There's I mean there's there's quite a few of them. I use Society Six for actually I had a Society Six page up for years, and 
I, I think through that site because just what the return on your, I mean, your percentage of what, what they give you is like virtually nothing. Mm-hmm. The same with Redbubble is also not, not very good. Uh, there's a, there's, there's a, I think T maybe Teespring might be a good one, although I haven't used it. I don't know if T Fury or maybe if I'm confusing T Fury with Teespring, but they're, they're print on demand. I use a, a site called Motif and I, and actually there's, it's, it's a decent cut. Like I, I, I make okay money uh, doing that. So yeah, I, I have hundreds of designs and that's, that's kind of like what I've been aside from doing commission work and, uh, and just, and just making stuff for sale, putting it up and selling it and making, doing these one-off t-shirts. I've been doing these print off, uh, these print on demand. So I have hundreds of designs on there. And what's fun about it is that they have not even attempted to censor me in any way. Yeah. So my designs are as, as free as my imagination is, or as, as, as free as I allow my imagination to be, because it's also, it is kind of weird, you know, you get a little bit of attention and then sometimes you can feel like a little bit more inhibited, you know, so like, or I, I have some ideas, I'm like, oh, wow, I, I would, I would actually be more comfortable in doing a one-off version of this than I would making it available for everybody to have it. But yeah. I would say with, with Motif is that I think the quality is pretty decent. Uh, it's printed it's, it's on demand, so it's not it's not like your silk screen ink where that like is like you know hardcore and very resilient. It's not as resilient as that because it's 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 computer printed on on a shirt. Yeah, but you have unlimited colors. You know, you can and there's again there's and you can try different print on demand. There, I I just I ha- I do it because yeah it's I've had I've had some decent luck with it, and I've had the freedom to create and put on there pretty much anything that I mean. No, not pretty much. I've had complete creative control as to what I can put on there, and they haven't censored me yet. Knock on wood, cross fingers. Yeah. You can get just as veiny and uh, ejaculatory as you want. You fucking bet, man. And, I, and I, I've definitely done that. And, and some of those, some of those uh, designs, like the, the more – the ones that people would say, you know, like, oh, this will never sell. No, no, you can't. Like, you put that up there, no one's going to buy it. And that's the one that people buy, you know? <laughs> that's great. So I think some people do want to wear a fucking a veiny dick or someone, you know, probing their ass with an artillery shell or a decapitation or some other veiled nastiness or not even veiled at all. Just, uh, it's just all out there. And that's, that's, that's why I, I would love to continue to bring that to a wider audience through Instagram, but... You know, or, or or like one of these major platforms, but and then you th- the thing is, you could actually I could take you could take extreme imagery and these different uh, motifs and concepts, and whatever. You can take them to Twitter, but like for I think smaller artists, at least in my experience, it is harder to gain traction on Twitter. But Twitter is seems to be the most uh, most lax. As, as far as what content you can put on there. Because people on Twitter, it's just, there's tons of porn. It's, it's, there's fucking facial compilations. It's everything you can imagine that's ugly, gross, and nasty, and debased is available there. But to gain traction, I don't know. You, you probably need to get a fucking Pepsi sponsorship or, or you know, or, or actually really be the one in the video getting jizzed on. Yeah. So, just trying to figure, we're, yeah, we're trying to figure it out. Have you considered uh, going the... Uh, print-on-demand route? Uh, no. 
Uh, I have one t-shirt design on Threadless that's been there for about 10 years or maybe longer that I get about um, maybe 50 cents every six months for. So that's going well. Wait, uh, wait, wait. So you get 50 cents per sale? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, no, I only get, I just get some like random Threadless payments still from like this old print on demand thing I did with them years ago. But, um, Threadless was like I think one of the first T-shirt companies to the online T-shirt companies. Yeah, yeah, there were like I, I know I, I was kind of messing around with them and trying to do that sort of shit like twelve years ago, and I I had no luck. So I think back then, like in two thousand and eight, maybe you had to be voted in. Yeah, like a, yeah, voted a lot. And, it, and now I think it's they set it up so that you can you can just generate your own your own imagery, your own you know. Uh, OC original content upload it there and and then try your luck and then promote it yourself yeah I did a design you know those drawings that I do where it's just it looks like a crowd of critters um yes that kind of take up the whole page like so I did there the threadless is first print all over with one of those um oh is that is that the one that's still available now yeah still available now but uh but i'm doing patreon now actually and how how was the luck i mean your people must be coming in droves well not exactly but um you know the problem is is i quit i basically quit instagram you know i contacted you on there uh but but i don't i don't go on there um i had i had an instagram a bigger one that i just self suicided you know so I was just, I don't know, the way the Instagram set up, it's too, it's too, um, it's too potent for me. Like the, the draw to be on there is, is too powerful. Maybe, maybe I don't have willpower, but it's just, you could just go on so many rabbit holes and people's lives. People just share so many of their pictures and there's so much art on there and there's so many. I mean, the cool thing about Instagram is like what I thought was cool was that like any high schooler could put their doodles on there. And then for me as an aging artist, I, I gleaned so much inspiration from from the kind of purity of like high school journal keepers or, or people that just like to doodle for fun for themselves. So now we have this like access to an unprecedented access into you know, the collective imagination of, of all of the, the weird doodlers of the world. And, and there's a purity to that, to, to doodle art that, you know, you can just draw some guy like putting a nail through his tongue, uh, riding on top of a butterfly, you know, with a, you know, an ostrich's head buried in his ass or something. You know, people just draw whatever they want and put it out there and then I like that about it, but then I would just, I would end up spending too much time on Instagram where I should have been doing other stuff like maybe reading or drawing or gardening or, I don't know, something else. So it just, it kind of stole my time. So, so I left that and, it, it, but I think Patreon works best if you have an Instagram account that has a lot of followers and then you can offer a glimpse on your Instagram, a teaser and then say, for more, come to my Patreon. You know, you have a paywall there and stuff. But I don't know. I don't, you could, you could subscribe to mine, I think, for a dollar a month or something. 
and I just I just use it basically like a Tumblr blog. I don't I don't offer anybody anything. I just kind of I I draw and then I take pictures of it and put it on there. I have to actually, you know, yeah, because I, I have, I, I got into the initial stages of building the account. So now I, now I need to go through the full stages. And I'm going to be a patron of your martial arts. So you're going to be my first one. <laughs> Let's do that. I'm also going to start up an OnlyFans one, too, so I can maybe start creating my own my own pornography. Yeah. Pornography, or who knows, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll just start jerking myself off and filming it. You could do that, I think. But, you know, the cool thing about Patreon is, like, people actually want to be there. Like, like you can be on Instagram and be kind of a casual observer, or you could just kind of, you could troll people on there. So you can just, there's, it's too wide open. So, so Patreon feels more like, it's like a, it's almost like a fan club or something. Like, if people are going to spend money to see your stupid posts, then, then they actually want to be there, you know, which is nice. Right, man. Sometimes when I think about the, about like uh, like what you're saying, like oh, you've seen like some videos of, that I would post on the, um, on Facebook many years ago. Yeah, and then all the stuff that I had on my Instagram, like a lot of that shit is just gone because like just because of my 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 different profiles just getting completely erased or not not by not by my own volition. It was it was out of my uh, out of my control. Just you don't have it backed up on a hard drive somewhere or anything a lot of the stuff no like yeah. a lot of a lot of some of the weirder stuff i guess it's things that i actually i like i had this great video where i, I was just uh, uh, it was a great video because i was uh, at a low point in my life so i'm like i'm gonna have fun with this you know make some lemonade so then i <laughs> i put i put on this on this hero's journey uh, uh western music uh like uh, old west like spaghetti western music or some i don't know what the fuck i put on there. yeah I think it was along those lines and I was just punching myself in the face, <laughs> and then and then I was getting all like these these messages like, "Hey, are you like, are you okay, Vic?" But, but I was like, "Yeah, I'm just being a fucking idiot, like yeah. I'm being I'm being a dumb, dramatic baby." And I'm like, "Why don't I just fucking act like it and just make my and make myself ashamed of the feelings that I have?" So I, I was literally like, you know, beating myself in the in the face. Did a, a, I had a, a video where I set myself on fire and wow. so. Well, it's therapeutic. Yeah, then you get to do that kind of stuff and you share it with the world and, and then maybe you get a sense of relief from that. You know, I guess the relief now is maybe, part of me is almost, I guess, relieved because I, I, there are like, you know, just like when you, 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 you sell original artwork, you have. Yeah. And like there's like, there's, I, for me, there's always a pain, a little bit of pain, but I mean, there's, I, I'm glad when I see the money, you know, that the PayPal starts to fill up but there's the pain of like, oh, there's my friend, there's my friend, it's it's a gone away. Um, I had a- like you have an attachment to the original, so when you sell it, you feel sad letting it go. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, and and just like a, a part of me is selfish, like I want to have that for myself. But if I have it for myself, a lot of times the stuff is just in a flat file. It's just in a portfolio, and it's not. And then again, if I, if you know, if we're, I mean, I'm in moving, you know, from one apartment to the next. I don't want to damage the wall so i'm not hanging it up in a in a frame yeah so it's, it's, i'm glad that people i'm glad i'm fortunate that i've made enough things that people actually want to own and frame so like you know cross my fingers you know count my blessings etc uh 
See, I'm pretty meticulous about scanning and, and keeping the uh, digital copy of my original, so I don't have an attachment to the originals. I just scan it in and save it in a file, and, and I actually just put out a book through Fanagraphics where it's kind of like an archive of all my old artwork. Um, What's the title called, of that? Because I, it, I, need, it, I actually need to uh, get a copy of that. And it's, uh, it's called Mind Viscosity. Mind Viscosity. And how many pages of original uh, Matthew, Matthew Fury artwork is in this book? I think it's like front and back 200 pages or something. And you see, this is why my podcast is not professional and is the scourge of alt comics podcasts because I'm just not getting right into the business of it. You know what I mean? I'm, I need to be making you some dollars. Well, no. I'm, I'm, the reason I'm mentioning that is because it kind of relieves me from having like um, like being attached to my – like I think it's good to keep some of your originals and stuff. But, uh, but I think if you keep a record of it and then you, you have – like for me, having, this, having my originals printed in this book is even better than just holding on to the originals because then, then it's actually – it's getting out. It's getting off my hard drive. It's getting out of my house, and, and people are gonna see it hopefully. And it's not just on online because you know you see all this artwork online. Something about seeing it in paper or in print that just kind of I don't know. You don't have a, the distraction of all this clickbait and all this other crap on there. It's I don't know. I'm 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 becoming more and more offline as I get older. No, yeah, I I totally agree, and I that's where I need to. I need to get better in my in my back. You know, I mean, I scan everything. I, I do. I bought one of those fucking uh, those large format Epson scanners. I took a loan. Yeah. Like what two like twenty five hundred dollars? I I bought it a few years ago, but I'm glad that I did because I was like I was doing like some larger pieces, and I was like, oh well, I I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bother scanning them in pieces because I just I, I had a, I had a, a limited thinking. And then after mm -hmm. I learned how to like actually scan stuff in pieces and piece it together in Photoshop, I'm like duh. So like I'm, yeah. I'm kicking myself now, I think, because there's some of these things like there's really no no easy way for me to you know. I mean, I guess I could contact the people, the original, the, the owners of the original artwork now, and say, hey, can you maybe uh, work with me and we could take it out of the frame and you know you could send it back to me, and I can scan it and then send it back to. You. But then there's just all those hours and that process and then the money that would go into that and the time. Limit. Yeah. So it's like just trying to keep moving ahead and and doing this thing. I need to invest in some some external hard drives because yeah, I had like a I had a one Mac computer that I used for years, and I had you know hundreds of, of artwork that was like saved on it. I still have it, but the fucking thing stopped working. And but like and it was just like then it was like backed up on this one hard drive, external hard drive, but it was an old one, and then like that thing went kaput. Took, yeah, like fucking all like this whole archive of, of some of my favorite stuff just like can't access it. So yeah, fuck that. See, that's the nice thing about having you know for me ha that's why I mentioned this book is just having it in print is just like if you lose everything, all the digital copies, everything. At least you have this book, and if you're meticulous, you could scan the book in, and you'd still have a, at least a. You know, and then maybe it's like a VHS tape. Maybe you, you're not going to get the full resolution of it, but you're going to get the essence of it, and maybe it'll look better. You know, a scanned, you know, a, a scanned page from a book might be just as good as an original. Huh? Well, let's just say this to ladies and gentlemen out there, or maybe some aspiring artists or some artists that maybe just haven't really thought about it too much. That we've to you know you know scan at least uh, the very least 300 DPI, 
and to back it up with an external hard drive. Yeah, exactly. So this is also like an educational podcast too, because I don't want it just to be like you know what I mean. When I when I'm having when I if I rant and rave and I'm and I'm and my guest rants and raves and we're talking blah 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 blah. At least you know there's going to be at least one thing that they can get from this that they can apply to their real life that's going to be beneficial to them and potentially to the rest of us. You know, so back it up, people. Yeah. Well, I have a friend too, um, Dan Olson, who does beautiful uh, psychedelic artwork. He doesn't. He doesn't scan his artwork. Does he set up this little kind of like a a, a, a blank kind of a, a white fixture where he he takes pictures, you know, against a, a totally, you know, like a, a photo of his artwork. And you know, the benefit of taking a photo rather even a digital photo over scanning is if you work in like neon colors, when you scan that in, the neons don't really pop. But when you take a, like if you're doing neon kind of more psychedelic, colorful artwork, if you take a picture, a good high resolution photo of it, you know, and you get the light hitting it in a certain way, the, the, um, the neons really pop better on there. So there's different ways to do it. I think that, I think you kind of lose that the neon, I don't know. It almost needs uh, needs some light refracting around it to make it really glow, you know. Yeah, the, uh, the I, I was wondering if there's like a, a some way that because I know that this was like a problem years ago because I was like I didn't even consider that or think that was even a, like an issue or a thing. But I remember like talking to some publishers like ten years ago because I was doing like a lot of I was like using highlighters. And yeah, on colors, and they're like, oh, yeah, like we could reproduce this. Like, I don't know. I mean, it looks, I mean, the artwork looks cool, you know, and the originals look great, blah, blah, blah. But the uh, the, the neons are just not going to reproduce well in a print. Yeah. And, yeah, they're right. It, it does come out a little bit muddy, and I didn't see it then. I was, I guess I, guess I didn't want to hear it, but like, I don't know what I, what I think. I, I do eventually, my goal is to pare it all the way down to just going right back to black and white, maybe gray wash. And like, just I have like the simplest setup and then I can just go in as hard as I possibly can. And with that, with those, with that limited palette, because I, I, I get it like, and I, cause I've also seen your setup in different little videos and different photos where like you, you have like all these, all these pe colored pencils and markers and, and I'm the same way. Like I don't have colored pencils so much, but I have way too many markers of different types, different mm -hmm. and yeah, I think I think I think I kind of end up getting fucking stuck sometimes thinking like, well, because because there's too many options. Yeah, yeah, there really is. I remember when I was in, I think, high school, we had a shadow day where we could go and shadow like a, a place where you wanted to work or something. So there was a uh, there was an animation studio in Columbus, Ohio called Character Builders. And I remember visiting character builders and just being blown away. I was like, wow, you can do this. You could basically just draw for a living. And I saw this one guy set up, you know, he showed me around and he's sitting there and he's drawing the cover of like a, some Ninja Turtle magazine or something. And so he had uh, one of the, I think it was Leonardo and he's riding on top of a Perisaurolophus and he's doing this beautiful, it almost looked like an oil painting, but he was doing it with markers and he was kind of explaining me how he did it using layers and stuff. And he's like, and here's my, this is my special section. These are markers that are starting to fade. And these are like, 
you know, it's like a fine wine or, or, or you know, it's, it's aged to per- perfection where like you, you can get this certain, and I'm sure you know this, yep. you get this certain kind of shading with, with, uh, with a half dulled marker that you just can't, you can't buy it like that. It, it's only through using it that you can get this really special kind of shadowy effect of, of these markers. And I remember that made a big impression on me and, and I've always, uh, if a marker starts to run out, I, I get happy because then I have this like secret. I got the secret tool to like do something that only a finely aged marker can do. Right, and each and and they and when they break down, they break down and they they create like a a unique a, a, a it creates a unique line or, or something that is would be so difficult to reproduce or try to redraw over and over again. Yeah, I. D- you know, the, just the other night, I'm messing around. Are you, are you familiar with Stabilo? There's like these very thin little like German markers. Yeah, yeah. And like they, I mean, they're the line is so fine and thin that like I shouldn't. I, I part of me like wants to never use them again because like when if I if I if you step away from them, you just you really see just how fine these lines are and you can almost like lose what you're even what you were even drawing. But like when you're yeah. when you're in them. It's uh, and then you keep on applying it, and it's, you could, I mean, you could just, you could spend hours and only cover like half a page or less, you know, with these things because they're just yeah. Fine. Anyway, so I had this this one that I was messing around with. It was a, it was like a dark red, and the 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 felt tip broke and split into two two and a half different prongs, and so like when I was when I would draw with it, it would give me like this, you know, this double line. This, like 2.5 lines yeah and so i was just i was making and i was like wow just falling in love with that and then that that stopped to the the felt tip stopped to work i'm like well let me see if i if i if i break this apart so i break it apart and i and i take the tube the, the you know the tube with the uh, with the ink in it there's still plenty of ink in it it's just mm-hmm. nothing was coming out of the out of the tip so anyway so i then i split that down the middle this uh, it's got that it's got like a spongy foam, or it's not cotton, but it's like a spongy foam containing the the pigment mm-hmm. in a, a plastic a, a plastic tube encasement. So I split that and I start painting with that, and I and I had a like I'm working on several pieces at once, and then I was just applying this <laughs> this split open ink tube or this pigment tube all over these different pieces and just having like and, and creating uh, effects that yeah these special effects that only come from just knowing that they still have a value to them even if they're even if they're kind of disabled or crippled or fucked up like you can still, mm-hmm. you can still play with these things same thing with a brush like a fucked up brush that like doesn't want to work with you like the way you, like the way that you would like the way that's intended to mm-hmm. i hard to throw those away because they also create their own weird disabled uh idiosyncratic way of you know like your expression comes out the same i mean not the same but like with a little with something something new something unintended and like a pleasant surprise yeah yeah that's something that it's hard to capture just the the you know the experimental nature of drawing the older i get i i kind of become a kind of locked into my own style or something I miss being young and still experimenting with different styles and maybe I could still try to do that, but I don't know. You ever feel like you're stuck in your own style? You're trapped? 
I I definitely have felt that way, and that I every I mean every year is a little bit different, and I and I and I and I go and I jump from like one different kind of application of my style or my vision. I I go back and forth because I, I really want to fight that. And then again, I mean, I, I still have like people now who are, were familiar with my work like 20 years ago, or when I was doing like a lot of band flyers and uh, and, and and some of my the different. Uh, earlier publications I was a part of. And, and I, had a, I had a very clean, clear, either repeatograph style drawn or I used like a, like a micron style felt tip marker. So every, and I made everything very meticulous and everything was clear and drawn in a very particular way. Uh, so it was very, like, and so like it was very static. And I mean, there was an energy to it, but at the same time, like it was so, it, it was a real pain in the ass and also in a way limiting because it's, it's, it was it's mostly, it, it was just black and white. Yeah. And well, I love your, I love how you've evolved into this color stuff, you know, especially, I mean, my window into it was when you started doing the, the Pepe drawings. And I love the, the you know, the, the Pepe with the, the kind of the Buddhist fly one. Hell yeah. Or, or the, the bunny rabbit family that, you know, it was like, or were they not bunny? Or was it like, bunnies and fry it looked kind of like old school animation it was kind of like seemed to be like a homage to the very subtly racist old old cartoons or something yeah it was it was a, it was a homage to that very specific cartoon of a, i want to sing about the moon and the june and the spring oh yeah that one that was cool yeah i mean i i think i've watched that i mean i grew up watching all the old merry melodies and all those cartoons i mean ever since i was a little boy like that was Probably even in my teens, you know, when I guess when other people were worshiping the devil and listening to heavy metal music, I was like still like watching cartoons and yeah, and listening to like folklorical Andean pan flute music. So like, hmm. I, 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 I could never really, I, you know, when it comes to like the devil and stuff like that and anything that it could like even uh, could, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm just, you know what I mean. I'm just, I just, I have a soft heart. I really do. <laughs> I don't know, but you're pretty amazing at drawing um um you know abe lincoln getting shot up or or like really good uzis and and stuff like that you know you're very good at drawing robocop killing somebody <laughs> i can't i you know i i that's, i grew up on that on that stuff I, that's, I all those all those old i mean action movies that's yeah i i i fucking that was like that's what like informed my world and maybe informed what i thought you were supposed to be as a as a guy that you were supposed to live a life, perhaps at some point uh, be a victim to some sort of criminal organization, or perhaps even the government, and then take up arms and become a vigilante and take on, yeah. become a one-man army, and uh, and enjoy the act of killing people while saying something funny while you do it. <laughs> yeah. And then sadly, you know, the, the reality of life is like, no, I did. I, I just never really got a chance to fully actualize that dream. And maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you didn't point. join the army. I the thing is, if you do that, you know, reason why I didn't join the military is because I thought, or actually, you know, a realization I had because they tried to recruit me when I was in high school, is that like you could possibly just die on a training mission. How yeah. how shitty is that? Like you're gonna you can't even realize your your one man army dream, you yeah. know, of going out there and at least dying honorably. No, you could just be on a fuck. You could, I don't know. You could be in a helicopter, and the hell, and the and the prop goes out, and then you crash. That's, yeah. that's the suckiest death ever. <laughs> well, it's fun to just imagine all this stuff, 
you know, imagine, you know, riding on the wings of an eagle and shooting people. It's, I think it's better than actually doing it. It's it's a lot more romantic than the, the I think the actual act of going out and blowing blowing a bunch of people away probably would be less satisfying than drawing it. You know, it, it might actually haunt you the rest of your life and ruin your life. You know, I think so too. And and like what they what they kind of skip in those movies is that it's not just like the the quote unquote bad guys who perish. It's there's the collateral damage. There's there's every everything else that is adversely affected by those uh, those actions. Yeah, and no bad guy is purely bad. A lot of these bad guys have to go home to their wife and kids, and you know, put food on the table and stuff. You know, and then now now they're they're gone. Yeah, because like there's, there's like you kill the bad guy, and so then there's going to be a, a hungry kid, his kid at home, waiting for dad to come home and bring like a, a bag of souls or a severed head or, <laughs> or yeah, or a a, a fucking. A, what do you call that? A sex slave or something to, you know, to feed, to feed his little munchkin. Yeah. So yeah, you don't, are you, are, do I want to be the one that's responsible for depriving those kids of, of uh, indulging in those, those dark delights? <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, they have lives too. And I, I, I try, I try to be considerate of everybody. And, but at the same time, I, yeah, I guess, well, I, as a guy and growing up on that, on that garbage and these, and these things, I, I don't even want to call it garbage because it's not. It's great, Dirty Harry, you know, or whatever the fuck, you know. We were just talking about movies, VHS, like these things. Uh, they're there for a reason. Like they, they kind of help quell our our own impulses or or drives to get revenge. So like we 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 have to watch these guys do it for us. Yeah, fantastical fun ways. Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, hey. yeah, I lo- I love your drawings of the Predator. Alien, Terminator, uh, RoboCop, all that kind of stuff. I, I just, I, uh, Freddy Krueger. I gleaned so much inspiration from from a, a very specific era of action movies and horror, horror movies or whatever. I'm the, I'm the same. So I definitely like, uh, I, and I know I know that there's all these markings of of your influence and in your in your work and from the because I think we're you know around the same age. So like we definitely have drawn inspiration from uh, mutual sources, and it, but it was a magical time, and I and I maybe it's just nostalgia, but I don't think so. I think there, there really was like it was a little bit of like unawareness, a little bit of just on. Uh, it just I guess the world wasn't is not what it is now. So like things were just a little bit they were more pure and maybe a little more naive. At least the masses were. Well, know? I just, I just think what I think it is is that every artist like us and kind of grows up during an era and it's like almost your most potent you know when your brain is developing and you're exposed to all this stuff is kind of what leaves its biggest impression so you know like for example like an artist like robert williams right like you can see all all kind of his uh, childhood or, or teenage obsessions kind of playing out on his paintings but they're from a very specific era of like beatniks hot rod kind of this kind of desperate kind of cartoon stuff that 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 was happening when when he was coming of age and then he's almost he's he's doing that in the same way that we're kind of like stuck in this loop of doing the things that really made a big impression on us when we were coming of age which was you know these you know, whatever movies or, or cartoons were on when we were kids. And then, 
I don't know a lot for me at least a lot of a lot of a lot of what what's fun about drawing and, and stuff is it's just kind of tr trying to return to kind of like a, a childlike you know having a childlike wonder or, or kind of indulge in this 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 wonderment or something but it but but we're kind of locked into whatever was most potent to us when we were coming of age you know so i i don't think we're going to draw um you know the furious you know the i don't maybe you do <laughs> the, the, the what, what was that that car which car the, uh, the oh, fast and the, the furious or something maybe that means meant something much more to to a younger generation or I, I don't know what are the what are the what are the action hero icons of the day you know i try to say you know i you know as a as a person who grew up watching the action movies and all, all that stuff i try to keep abreast of like who the new ones are so like there's like a yeah there's like the, these action stars from i believe they're malaysia like that's that's where the the raid movies were made so there's like this one standout guy, or, or there's just there's there's a several standout standout guys. I and again like because I haven't like overwatched those movies, so like I'm I, I, Iwo Uwu I, I don't I don't know his name. I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, I'm not trying to whatever like fuck his name up on purpose. So I don't know his name, but he there's these Malaysian uh, hmm. action stars. They're okay. In, so the raid, there's the raid two that I'm aware of. Uh, then there's a, another one that Netflix produced. It's called "The Night Comes for Us," I believe, and it has like a lot of the the same players from that uh, from this Malaysian squad of martial artists. And it, that one's also like it's 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 wild. It's all over the place. It's super violent. It has like it has these it has these tinges of purity that kind of that harken back to the Hong Kong movie days of the '80s and like the early '90s. I, I think by the year 2000s, like the Hong Kong. There's just something about it. I think it maybe they try to become too westernized and just it kind of lost its heart and its soul hmm. a little bit. But I feel like from the set, like the '70s and the eight, I love the '80s and then some into the '90s of Hong Kong movies. That's really the fucking the shit. But what, the, the, the current, the current people, yeah, it's like. What about the what? What about like the current kind of more cre? You know, the iconic more, because you know back in the day we had you know in this you see this in your art where you see like the Predator. Or the Alien, or the RoboCop, or the Terminator, or the Freddy Krueger, or these kind of more fantastic beings that became hits. Or so, is there anything like that happening currently? That I'm not talking about just like a martial artist or an action hero. Oh, I'm oh. talking about like like something that's that's uh, beyond a human. Right. Know? And you know what? I feel like no, because they just like I think we struck the gold. And like they just, you know, in the '80s and the '90s, and it's just, they keep on trying to like recreate these things that were awesome. Yeah, you're trying to recreate the thing that already happened instead of doing something new, right? Yeah, and you know, it's it's what sucks about that, like, because I I just watched there's the the new, uh, the predator. They did like a, another predator movie. I think it was in 2018 or 2019. I saw that. It was horrible. Yeah, I wasn't like I I was not a big fan of it. I mean. Uh, at, at the very least, with the movie that came, there was the movie Predators that came out in two thousand and nine. I thought that movie was so fucking foul, mm -hmm. bad that it made me like I was in the theater laughing my ass off at how yeah. much of a waste the movie was and how funny the ending was. Because mm -hmm. did you see the movie? It's just called Predators, and it's like the, is it the one where it has like bigger predators in it? Like they're like 
they're like these huge predators. I think the last, the, the most recent one from 2018, there was the, the, the alpha predator. The yeah, okay, that's the one that I saw. I guess it was the most recent one, and I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, the, so the other, the, the other one that came out in either 2000, no, 2010, was just called Predators. It has, a, it has an all-star cast of Danny Trejo, Lawrence Fishburne, and they tried to make Adrian Brody as a, an action star. So he got abs. Oh my gosh! No, I haven't seen that. It's it's for me. I find it just like it, it for me. It was it was laughably bad. Just yeah, awful. Uh, but also in a way because it's so bad and it's so trashy. And I thought the ending was so funny. I would say it's actually worth a view. I mean, and you can hate me later on after you see it and say that you wasted your time. But it's fucking complete garbage. Got to yeah. Well, I like the second Predators where they're like in L.A. and like Danny Glover's in there or something. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yep, that that one grew on me. Like I, I think when I, because I, I think the the first one, in as far as like an action film go or just sci-fi, it's I feel it just has the perfect confluence of all those different ingredients. And to me, like that's one of those perfect '80s action film or any any fucking any era, any decade. Like it is such a immersive, perfect, and airtight experience. You go. Yeah. And like you're in it, like every time I see it, when Arnold Schwarzenegger is is being a heli- uh, uh he's being uh, lifted off in the end after the new after the predator sets the nuke off, and he's covered mm-hmm. in the dirt. Like I I feel that. Like I'm like I'm with I'm with the uh, Schwarzenegger, and I think mm-hmm. that scene is one of the greatest is one of the greatest examples of his acting ever mm-hmm. on play. Because I feel like wow, he lost his entire team. He almost died. Like this. Like he is, he is, he's gone beyond. He's seen things that no man has ever lived through, and like I feel that he perfectly conveys that in the uh, when he's lifted off. Yeah. But yeah, so like, is anything like that's been like as iconic? Like, no. I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, I think uh, there's this uh, cartoon character named Pepe. So that's kind of like right there. You fucking created the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Or there's, uh, there's like Wojak, you know. I think like the memes have kind of like have taken over. But as far as like Hollywood, I haven't really seen. You know, I have to like dive deep into like the last ten or fifteen years of the things that I've experienced in my mind, or like you know, with entertainment media, to think of like what really stands out. What are who are some of these these really iconic, indelible monsters, creatures, or roles that uh, actors have played that that will stand the test of the time akin to Terminator, Predator, or Die Hard, you know, or RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I think something's lost in the, the, you know, the practical effects I think had a lot to do with it, like kind of like the things you had to do to make the Predator look as cool as it does, or, you know, bef- before everything was overly... I mean, that said, I love the POV shots of the Predator where you see his point of view and everything's all kind of digitized and, and looks like ultraviolet or whatever. Right. It's cool, but but I think something is lost when when a lot of the uh, a lot of the special effects are all just done on a computer now. So I don't know. You just don't it, you don't get the same kind of the the cool creature stuff. And but the cool thing about you know all these iconic characters is they all they all started as drawings. You know, they all started as concept art. Like drawing is the root of everything. And I, I that's you know you could draw up draw up your own characters that are that are iconic and then imagine them in these situations and i don't know drawing drawing is great i love it 
and I'm going to do it forever. Actually, you know what? If I'm going to say, I totally agree with you. And I, man, and when you're when you're saying that, like I'm just like thinking of drawing, and and I have like distinct memories from 20 years ago to last week to who knows when, and random memories of just like drawing lines, being in a cafe and drawing, drinking coffee, or and and then just like spe very specific lines and lines that like either I chose to erase or chose to keep, you know, and like unintentional lines that are like, wow, I this. I, how did this even come out of my head? How did this come out of my hand? I have to somehow do my best to immortalize it, either in print or online or whatever. But uh, then I'm thinking, what the fuck else was I thinking? I had like, one very specific thought, and I forgot it forever. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, at some point you do kind of lose yourself in the drawings, and then something else, something bigger than you maybe takes over, but you're kind of the vessel through from which it, it goes and you know you have your own style and your own way of doing it that's uniquely you but then also i mean creativity is kind of you know it's an energy beyond you and i it's something that you kind of tap into you know well i'm gonna you know remotely tap into whatever clouds in your vicinity just so i can kind of like sneak in there maybe like you know inject some of your uh you inject some of myself into you and then i'm also i'm going to just siphon some of your your gas into my tank and then we can somehow come together later on seemingly completely impossibly connected but we'll, we'll basically have drawn the same thing well do you do you ever collab you know work on like collaborative drawings i would love to love to do I, i'm not sure if you do some people do some people don't but you know we should we should get some mail artwork going and uh, you know if you're into it we could you know you could start a drawing and then i'll start a drawing and we could mail it do you ever do anything like that yeah you know i i feel like i haven't done enough of it and i feel like my friend we've we've talked for two hours now i'm, I'm almost running off of this uh running out of the space but let's uh let's talk about that off air and we'll you know we'll get we'll get, we'll get something going yeah i would love to yeah maybe i'll i'll get it started just give me send me it i know you're getting ready to move or something maybe when you get settled or sometime in this life we should do some collaboration because i do um i do I, it is kind of fun doing that because then then you know you can create all kinds of cool stuff i can create cool stuff but together we just create something surprising that neither you or i could create on our own you know i'm all about it man and that's that's a beautiful sentiment to you know the you know cut this off at because otherwise we're going to talk for another three hours <laughs> all right well it's good talking with you man likewise brother hey take care and uh you know peace and love and all the good stuff to your family and, and yourself and uh, continued success with the art and everything else that you choose to do and all the things that you choose to do with me yeah well yeah i'm serious though i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back uh and uh, and see if you want to get a collaborative drawing going you know just for fun we could just uh, just for fun yeah I'm on board. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later, man. Hey, thanks for joining me. Yeah. All right. Love you, man. Talk to you. All right. Much love. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye.